everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Music Biz Weekly Podcast. Got your two co-hosts, Michael Branvold and of course, Jay Gilbert. How you doing, Jay? I'm in a highly caffeinated state. <laughs> caffeinated and comfortable, right? Caffeinated and vaccinated. There you go. Fully vaccinated. Go out and get your vaccines, people. That's going to help everything move along Let's get here. this done. And, and before we get to our guest this week, we do have a little discussion and update on where things are going to be standing live music in relationship to COVID. So you're going to want to watch this one. Absolutely. Um, but before we get to that, just big shout out and thank you to Hypebot and Bands in Town for everything you do to support us. And of course, to uh, our sponsor, DiscMakers.com. We know it's a digital world, but there's still an important role for physical media for today's independent musician. Digital royalty payments are so small that selling products like CD, vinyl, T-shirts at gigs and online has become such an important income generator. For every CD you sell at a gig or online, you might need roughly 3,000 streams to make that same amount of money. And that's a lot of streams. That's a lot of marketing. That's a lot of promotion. Mm -hmm. uh, our friends at Disc Makers are the place to go for your discs and other physical media, including vinyl, USB drives, and even T-shirts. So head over to discmakers.com, place an order, for a hundred or more CDs. And when you check out, use the promo code FREEBIZ, all one word, and you will save up to $150 in shipping costs. Uh, this week, we sit down with legendary concert promoter, Danny Zalisco. He chats about his book, but he gives us, uh, you know, his take as it is today on where things stand. Yeah. I think you'll feel a little better. You're going to feel really good. It was a very refreshing, positive take on what he sees is happening, where he sees it going. Um, how are we coming out of COVID? It's very positive outlook. So let it roll. Danny Zalisco. Build a stunning band website in minutes with Bandzoogle. Go to bandzoogle.com to start your free 30-day trial and use the promo code MUSICBIZWEEKLY to get 15% off the first year of any subscription. Leave the gun. Don't forget the cannoli. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> One of the best lines ever. <laughs> okay. All right. Today, we are honored to be joined by Danny Zalisco, a legendary concert promoter, a fantastic author, and actually a sports enthusiast, which I'd like to talk to you about over beer sometime. Danny, thanks so much for joining us today. Great to be here, guys. How are you? Good, Doing good. really, really well. Thanks. I like the swag you guys got behind you. You got some, nice, you got some very nice stuff. You, you too, brother. You know, you, know, you know, this kind of swag years ago used to mean a lot. Now all the bands are selling these to fans. It's like... You know, you want your own RIAA award from KISS? Just pay us 270 bucks and we'll print your name on one and sell it to you. And all of a sudden I'm like, eh, it's not worth as much anymore, does it? But no, but two things. The difference is yours are originals and they're given to you. Yeah, I know, right. yep. And yep. they're real. Yep. Those, yep. those are like game used jerseys. Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, I've yes. got a couple of those. See? Hey, now. <laughs> yep. That's right. Yep. 100%. Um. Danny, let's let's just dive right in. You know, things in 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 let's talk US because 
things are different around the rest of the world. But in the U.S., things seem to start opening up more. Things meaning uh, shows, live events seem to be seeing the light of day again, I guess, is a good way to phrase it. Um, You know, sporting events are allowed to go on. Some of them are full capacity. Some of them are socially distanced. You're seeing a lot of bands. Man, this week seems like crazy announcements of bands doing tours. And I'm talking not the A-level international touring acts, but more of the B, C level, the bands that will go out and do a two-week run, fly in, fly out type of dates. Those are happening all over the place now. What, what are you seeing as a, as a promoter? What are you feeling right now is it feeling good is it feeling better oh yeah definitely i mean everybody's moving forward Uh, some people are still moving slowly and cautiously some people have already rescheduled dates uh from 2020 to 2021 and now on to 22 the thing that it's not just about what we want to do or don't want to do or don't feel comfortable doing or feel comfortable doing. It's more like you got to start with the logistics of it. Number one, to see if it's even possible. In one case, I I had um, uh, a show. uh, I've had a show move a couple times with Joe Satriani and they have to be able to go in and out of Canada to make that a part of their 60 day tour. So, and, and this is happening with, I'm just using him as an example. Sure. There's a lot of people like this who have been set and reset maybe once, twice, three times anyway, from dates that they already had scheduled from 2019 into 2020. Then they got moved a few months later in 2020. Then they got moved to 21. Now they're 22. So in some cases where you, where you're depending on the international dates, like in this case, Canada, which has a still has a problem with U.S. and Canadians going back and forth like they normally would, um, they have to be damn sure that those dates are going to play now, because if they're three months from now, four months from now, and we're on sale with a bunch of U.S. dates, and then they're going to segue into Canada and they can't go, it leaves a big hole in their tour where you know where they're not going to be able to pay their bills. So. It's not just about, is it safe in Minnesota? Is it safe in LA or Phoenix or wherever? They need to be able to tour and travel in a geographical direction that makes sense in economics for touring. So if there's no Canada, there's no US. And that's what happened. Canada wasn't ready to to say it's okay for the uh, musicians to go back and forth. As touring opens up, there's there's this tremendous backlog. How how are you handling navigating that? It seems like everybody wants to get back out on but the it's, road. It's it's been done all along. Like yeah. like while uh, over the last fourteen months, all we've done is it's like our calendar's like a checkerboard, and you're sitting here moving, you know, you're moving dates from one week to another week, and like at the beginning last March how are we supposed to know it would still be going on? Right. Right. So the fact that it is just, you know, and that we're coming out of it, that's the good news. Let's focus on that. Yeah. But in answer to the question, 
this has been being done methodically over with each tour, with each band who was on sale. Those are the first ones that I'm concerned about because 70, 80% of the people, in some cases close to 100% of the people held on to their tickets. Thank you very much. Um, and, and, I mean, that's what kept me in this. If everybody would have returned their tickets, I would have just said, hell of it. See you later. Let me know when it's over and I'll decide then if I want to come back and, and do this some more. And, and the answer, of course, would have been yes. But in the meantime, that this is what kept us connected to the audience as well as the artists and everything throughout uh, the pandemic. And um, so the fact is, we're, you know, like I'm looking at my calendar, there's some spots there where how am I going to be in three places at once? Because wow. these dates, they they move on each tour in their own rhythm. And a lot of times they'll end up on other dates. Um, so that could be a problem with people who have more than one ticket to a show. Um, but all along, uh, we, um, we offered, uh, when we moved dates, every time we had to move a date, like I had to move a Gordon Lightfoot date in Detroit four times. Wow. And every time, every, and we had two sellouts there at the Royal Oak. It, every time we moved it, we told people, if you can't make the date, let us know within 30 days, we'll give you your money back. And a few people do. Most people don't. And then they get gobbled up. So everything's there just waiting. It's staged and it's ready to happen. The, the new shows that come in, I, I don't think you'll see as many of those this year. But I think there's, uh, most of the bigger acts are probably focusing on 22 right now. Yeah, it does. It does seem like the, the A-level international acts, those are all being pushed back to 22 um you know i think i think for the most part they already were a lot of them were some of them that were on sale last year like i heard the uh the motley stadium tour they took down till yep. next year right yep so you know i mean again there there's something going on there. i don't know the, the the details of everyone of course but there's something going on there that it, believe me if they could they would but you know, when you have to guarantee the size and the quality, the cost of the staff to go out on that tour, the sound and lighting companies, the staging, uh, the bus companies, the truck companies, and all of the staff, you got to make sure that 100% it's airtight because if any one of those, you know, like if, say you had to pull a tour down and say, we're going to do it next year. Some of those people can't afford to just say, I'm going to wait another year for you. You know, I mean, they they're, they have to like sign things in blood almost. Well, I shouldn't say that in Motley's case. They already <laughs> did signing in blood once. Um, and look where that got him. Back exactly. On the road. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, wh what, what sort of changes and policies and restrictions could bans start seeing now as they're booking new shows going into venues whether it's the social distancing or new procedures for cleaning or entry or even insurance and liability um is all of that changing um i hope not and i would say no why should it look let the buyer beware when you go to a concert I can't predict if you're going to get run into while somebody's moshing. 
uh, or or if you slip on a stair, I mean, you slip on a stair, somebody's going to get sued. But if you go into a building, just like if you go to a grocery store or an airport, can you sue the place if you walk out sick? You went in there on your own. So if you're uncomfortable about going around people because of all that's taking place, don't go. But if if you're going, you know, if you want to do what you want to do, uh, I mean, I'm look I look at numbers all the all the time with what's going on, and they're going down remarkably, and I love it. I mean, it's it's such a pleasure to see that um, you know that this thing is correcting uh, itself, yeah. or the vaccinations, or whatever's going on to make these numbers go down. I'm happy as as hell about it. But the bottom line is, as a promoter. I take no responsibility whatsoever for anybody that comes in there and walks out of there not feeling well. That's not my right. problem. That's yeah, you enter the, at your own risk. That's my then, problem yeah. for me, and it's your problem for you. Yeah, and I've seen that verbiage, you know, when you go to buy tickets that people are being very clear that you enter at your own risk. What I wanted to ask you about, but you know, you such... saw, you started to interrupt, but you, you saw the, sure. with, with Lollapalooza and I think Bottle Rock, uh, they uh, they both say that they wanted proof of vaccinations. Yeah. Well, what, what, what's, your, what, what's your thought on that, Danny? <clears throat> you think that's where it's going to go, where you're just going to have to prove you've been vaccinated before entry? I mean, I, I think you're I think if you would start insisting that you're going to lose a lot of your audience because there's a lot of people that don't want to be vaccinated for anything, much less for this. Um, I, I, I don't agree with it. I've been vaccinated, but that's my choice. It's everybody's yeah. personal choice. And, and if somebody says as a caveat to going to a show, you're going to show me uh, that you're clear within a 24 hour ago test, then you decide whether or not you're going to do that. Yeah, but it's so easy to fake, you know, those little cards that they give you. And, you know, I mean, it's not like you have something that's, uh, like a license or a passport. It's, well, it's easy I, to I fake. Think, I, I think everybody that gets one of those, and I think they should have thought about that before, there should be a, a QR card that you're given that you can put in your wallet next to your driver's license yeah. if it's going to be that important. And maybe it should be. You yeah. know, um, I mean, uh, when somebody asks me, uh, have you been vaccinated? I automatically say yes, of course. And I see the look on their faces where, there's a sense of relief that they have too. And we feel safe around each other. Yeah. Um, I feel safe pretty much around anybody unless they got a fever or they're coughing a lot. You know what I mean? I do. I do. You know, indeed. All right. Well, we got to be mindful of all of this stuff, you know, but yeah, uh, as far as, as far as making it a rule, I, I don't know that that's possible. Yeah. So I, I really wanted to ask you this because I've, you know, I've been looking at your book and I've seen your things online and you've had such an amazing career and you've got to work with all of your favorite artists, all of my favorite artists. I don't know if there's any artists that you haven't worked with, but are there any, are there any people that are still alive <laughs> that you haven't uh, had the pleasure of working with? I really can't think of any. That's pretty amazing. I mean, I'm really trying hard on, and I've been asked this before. Yeah. Um, a great career, man. There, there's a lot of, you know, people who have passed that I would have loved to, that I missed. Like, I, I love Dusty Springfield. I would have loved to have done a show with her. I'd still love to do a show with Lulu if I could get her to come over here. 
Awesome. And uh, there's there's some English bands that I never got to do Roy Wood from the Move or ELO. Love I love Roy him. Wood. Yeah. You know, I mean, but if he toured over here, he'd draw a hundred people. Yeah. You know, I'd, go. That, I'd be I'd be on the tour, man. Um, yeah. I, I love Roy Wood and, and there groups like Caravan. I love them. Um, I did Gentle Giant. I did Peter nice. Hamill. I did a, a lot of my English favorites. I never got to do John, uh, but you know he's not alive, so he doesn't show. Sure. sure. Um, love the Roy Wood thing. If you ask Rick Nielsen from Cheap Trick where they got their sound, the first thing he'll say is Roy Wood. He and he does. I know he does. We both love him. Uh, we talk about him all the time. Uh, he just bought a place out here. Oh, and, and you're in Phoenix, right? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. So he's he's gonna go between here and Rockford. Awesome. Yeah. Beautiful. So I I wanna I wanna kind of get back and try and give bands and, and maybe these will be bands that you're not necessarily booking, but the smaller bands that are starting to go out on their own. What do you think as a promoter they need to start being more aware of when they're trying to book shows now? Uh, you know, meaning, is it, uh, we, we've been hearing from other people that, hey, guarantees are going to go down. You might be doing more door deals. You know, you might have to be more open to accommodating other requirements that a venue is going to put on you. Is there anything like that? Or, or do you really think that for the most part, bands are going to be able to kind of pick back up right where they left off and it's just going to be the same? Yeah. That's pretty much what I think. Um, I I don't see any relief or or backing off of, of salary demands at all. If anything, they're looking for more. Um, you know, it, it's like there, there's a big feeling out there that there's this pent up demand to go to concerts, which I believe there is, but it's not just for anybody and everybody. It's for specific shows, just like it's always been. Big groups are going to be bigger. Smaller groups are going to be smaller because there's so many shows that are mounted up um, from the past that people are still holding on to their tickets for. And then you have new shows wanting to come in and, and be on top of those shows. So if anything, you're going to have a, you're going to have a glut of, of inventory ticket wise out there and a glut of shows uh, in every town that has shows regularly, there's going to be a lot more shows between, say, um, August, September this year and all the way through next year. We won't be done feeling the, feeling the after effects and the backlash of all of the shows where they, they mount up. And, and a lot of groups, I mean, everybody pretty much tours every couple of years anyway. Mm -hmm. Now they've been forced to be off for a year and a half um, between between the uh, fourth quarter of this year and, and then all of next year, you're going to have more shows than we've ever had before. Yeah. Do you think it's all going to go right back to full capacity or do you think it's going to slowly go there where it's maybe half capacity and three quarters and then no way. just going? No, no possible way. If that was the case, they would have been doing that all along and they didn't. I mean, there's a few isolated by comparison incidents of people putting up pods out in parking lots and drive-ins and all that stuff. Okay, cool. You know, but the thing is, 
you know, you didn't see any real bands with real production doing, you know, doing real shows. The people that did their shows, they were real shows, but they're way more casual, way more stripped down type of things. I know Aaron Lewis went out and did a bunch of shows, but he can do that. You know, he's, he's an every guy kind of an artist. But, you know, when you get into the production stuff and, and yeah. all that, I mean, they, they can't possibly work like that. Um, they, they need all those tricks and, and toys and everything to do their shows properly. It's, that's what people expect. But, um, no, I, I'm, not seeing, I'm, I'm not seeing anything. I'm not anticipating anything different. I would have been doing shows all along in, in a, a one-third capacity, which is what they were saying. But you, you can't even pay your house bills when right. you're when you're doing business like that. Financially, it's absolutely impossible. Got it. You know to do it. Right, right. But it's it's full blow. Everything I'm going on sale with and announcing now for the fall is just like normal. And and are you seeing that amongst other other promoters and other venues around the country as well? Everybody's just Everybody. going out full blown. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, you know, you, you're, we're in May now. You're going to see shows club-wise and, and lower production-type shows. July, June, July, you'll see that. In August, you're going to see a lot of real shows. I mean, it, I think it's going to be real by the end of July. Um, there is a pent-up demand, again, not just for anybody, but for groups that people want to see. You come out in June, July, August, you're pretty much by yourself. And, and people are going to be delirious to see it. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I mean, they 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 said, uh, I, I think everybody's going to, they're going to want to be cautious. They're going to want to be careful a little more than usual. And, and with time, that'll wear off and, and, and life is going to resume the way it was altogether. Do you think um, once it's resumed the way it was, that live streaming events will continue? Or do you think they're going to fall by the wayside? I, th I think that they'll continue um, here. You know what I think, I mean, I if you're in a cool place or, you know, you're going to have a cool show with a cool audience. I mean, I, I'm surprised that more people don't do that as a rule, not as a one-time only event, but they, they, they have fans that it helps build your following all over sure. the place by, by sharing with people like, you know, it's like, I'd like to see a show in, in June for somebody who's going to come out in October and, and get pumped up for it, you know, and, yeah. and they're going to, we're going to go on sale with our show. I think you're going to start seeing streaming as a way to announce tours. I wonder if it could be like sports in that in a market, if something sells out, okay, well then we can see it on TV or maybe you can live stream it, but. Well, sure. That, that's an all, that's also a good thing, but I'm just saying overall, it, you know, so what am I doing tonight? Nothing. Uh, Wilco's playing in Wilkesbury tonight. Uh, and uh, they got some surprises, some tricks, turn sure. it, you know, pay, pay your 20 bucks and tune in. You know, and, and do ten thousand people. Why not? You know, I mean, what a what a great way to be able to promote yourself, as opposed to making it the only thing, and this is the only way you're going to be able to see them. That's not a replacement for going to a show. No, you know, and, and it shouldn't be treated as such. It should just be treated like have a visit with so and so, you know, and don't charge sixty nine bucks 
charge 10 or 20 bucks. It costs you nothing to set this up anymore. Yeah. You know, so I, I think it's a, I think it's a very valuable tool. It'll be used in many different ways as time goes on. Yeah. Danny, let's, let's, uh, let's segue here into your book. You've got a, you've got a new book you've been out promoting for a number of months and it's basically all about your life and, and your history as a promoter. Um, why did you feel like now was the time to write a book? And following that, a lot of people wait to write the book until they're no longer in the business. So they don't have to worry about potentially pissing burning somebody off and burning bridges. <laughs> so why now? That was, that was definitely, definitely a concern. Um, you know, I didn't just decide to write this. In fact, I've got, I've got an email that I just found a, a few weeks ago that I sent to somebody about ideas for a book in 2011. And it had 30 of the chapters written on it. And it wasn't, you know, the chapters weren't written out, just the, right. the line. Yeah. And, and I used pretty much all of them because I'd been thinking about this for a while. I didn't know how, how big I wanted to make the book. If I had made this book about half the size, which still would have been 175, 200 pages, it would have, I could have told less, less stories, but just, you know, weeded out any, you know, they're all good stories. But what I'm saying is I, I didn't just decide to do this. This has been in my head forever because I've been such a collector as far as getting pictures, having memorabilia, having good stories that I've been able to tell over the years. And they're right in the top of my mind. And so I've been wanting to do this for quite a while. Um, then the thing that hung me up the year before I put it out in 19, what was hanging me up was, do I put the pictures in the text as part of the story or do I have photo sections, which is the traditional way most people write books, which I despise. I hate having to go through a book for 50 pages and then you get all these pictures and now you got to go back and go, okay, what's this guy look like that I was reading about him? Right. Ago, as opposed to having the picture of him right there and you keep, and you learn as you're reading about whatever it is you're reading about and you keep going and it tells the whole story smoother. Yeah. Um, so I was warned not to do it that way because it would cost much more money for the editing and the layout and all that stuff. Not to mention, I wanted to have it on quality paper instead of that crummy paper they put the, the words on and then they do nice paper for the pictures. So the whole book is photo album pictures. I mean, uh, copy uh, yeah. and in quality, I mean. Yeah. So, you know, that, that all went into it and, and, and it took me a long time to like pull certain triggers. I would get to a point where I couldn't make up my mind I'd put it right down here on this rocking chair sitting next to me and I'd sit there for three months, four months. And I go, come on, get off your butt and do this thing already. So um, when, when this happened in March, I was getting very close to being done with it. And then Tanja here in my office and everybody in the office kicked in with me because we didn't suddenly have any shows to promote. And uh, it seemed like a good time to wrap up the loose ends with this. I didn't have a publisher. I didn't have time to go shop it. All I knew is I wanted to get it out. So we self-published, which is like 
uh, you're learning a new language while visiting hell. Because publishing, I mean, you think the record <laughs> business and the promoting business is tough? Try putting out a book. It, it, it's, but, it, but it's a total labor of love. Uh, you, you want every period, every word spelled properly. Yeah. You don't want anything crooked or blurry. And, and you obsess over all of this stuff. I don't know if I'll ever do this again. Um, I, I think once was enough. But there's uh, that would mean I'm right. I'm I'm saying there's not going to be any more good stories, or I won't think of any of the good old ones. So I'm never going to rule anything like that out. Um, but it, it, it's a great exercise, um, and and uh, there's a few things I might have done different uh, if I started over again. But I'm I'm really happy overall with what happened. Yeah, you know the thing that struck me, and I know this would be impossible because of the rights that you would need to clear, but it it would be so great an audiobook version of it where the music could play in the background as you're talking oh, yeah. about these stories too man when i was reading it i was like you could hear it in your head yeah you know i i guess i could have uh given out an accompanying soundtrack there or a playlist or on a, pl a spotify playlist there you go <laughs> here here's what type this in while you're reading the book danny you got to do a playlist for the book man you got to do it it, it's a yeah it's a good one they, there's been a bunch of um uh i did a bunch of interviews overseas and um they all wanted five or six songs from me that they could play during the interview and uh you know it's just on the radio so it doesn't matter they don't have to pay anything uh but that was fun nice very nice are there you know as you were working on this book were there stories that you were like, no, I can't put this in here because it, 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 it's going to, it's going to ruin my business. Somebody's not going to like it, or I just don't want to do that to them. You know what, what I, what I did was I pretty much wrote everything that I wanted to write. And there were some chapters and some stuff and some chapters that would have, could have appeared in any sort of a negative fashion. I didn't want anybody walking away from seeing this thing that said he had an axe to grind and he really let this guy have it. Um, I do have some axes I could grind just like some people probably have a couple with me. Um, I wouldn't know who they are off the top of my head, but I could tell you who mine are, but I'm not going to, sure. um, you know, because it, it, it's irrelevant. There's yeah. so many good things that have happened. So many great people. Let's focus on that. There's, there's so much negativity in our, world and our lives over the last exactly. few years more than ever why do i want to jump on that bandwagon yeah. i'd rather set fire to that bandwagon you know what i mean and, and there's too many people on it right now you know people denying january 6th for instance and that's yeah. another story <laughs> yeah, that's you know all, i don't want to get into all discussion. that but 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 it's like i don't want to get into my word against somebody else's even if i'm right right even if it's true because it, it brings this side agenda into it about what's right or wrong. I don't want, here's my story, just as it happened, according to me. And, and I haven't had, I only had one guy, a very good friend of mine say to me, I don't remember that exactly the same way you do, but it's all right. <laughs> you know? And I said, you're writing a book too, aren't you? He goes, yeah. I said, all right, do your version. Yeah. Well, there the police will tell you that eyewitnesses are usually the worst. Well, and that's, and that's why it's so much easier to write about people who have passed on. <laughs> you know, 
You know, I mean, you know, you asked a little while ago, why do it now? Why not wait till later? Um, I'm getting older. You know, I'm 66 now. I'm figuring I still have, what, 15, 20 years of this? Let's hope What am I going to do? Where am I going? So, you know, um, it, it's in my best interest to prop up everybody who's still here working rather than attempting to tear them down, even if I could. I, I don't want to. Every People, I had a thing right now today with somebody who I love dearly, but I, I didn't know it, but he's been mad at me because I went into his town and I didn't call him and ask him if he wanted to do a show with me. But he's so big that I didn't think he'd be interested. The, the reality is he's a regular guy and he's my friend. And it took him two years to tell me because now I'm asking him for something. And he's going, sorry, you forgot me. I'm forgetting you. I was like, oh, come on. You know, but I mean, that's... That's normal concert stuff. That's yeah. weird stuff that just happens, run of the mill kind. Of, but I hate it when that happens. Yeah. Um, you know that that's one of the one of the weird things. Uh, you know, the respect that you got to have for your friends and associates in this business is is more important than ever now after what everybody's been through. You know, who's your friend? Who's not? And uh, I, I like to think that most are my friends, and anybody that that is having a problem. It's like, instead of going, screw you, you're wrong. It's more like, how do I fix this? How do I mend this fence? Yeah. I, I want to show that person the respect they deserve because he was right. I didn't call him. Yeah. There was well, no, you know, the music business is built on relationships and follow through. And it's, it's kind of special in that way. I wanted to ask you, you've done so many of these shows what is the biggest challenge of being a concert promoter and, and what for people who don't even know what a concert promoter does, can you talk a little bit about like, what do you do and, and what is the biggest challenge for you? At the beginning of when I started doing this, the biggest challenge was getting an agent on the phone to talk to a nobody about buying one of their treasured acts on their roster for your town. Um, I, I started by, and, and also as, as a new promoter, you generally don't know how much these bands cost. When, when I started, you know, bands were much, much cheaper than they are now. The big bands, I mean, like, like Journey or Motley, I, I mean, they were $25,000, you know, for a guarantee, but they would take the, the lion's share uh, after you broke even and you made some money, they're going to take most of the money that's left. But the mindset then was, well, there's no reason you don't have to guarantee me a sellout because these bands were selling out. So they got paid anyways, just a different way. Nowadays, it's more like a bidding war between the big promoters and the local promoters uh, over who's going to get what. And the bigger promoter who can offer 30, 40, 50 shows at once is going to win more times than I am. So I don't want to compete with those guys because you can't. And I used to work with them and I worked, worked for them. I know how it all works. And it's like, I'm not pissed about it. I, I was with them and then I'm not. My choice. So I 
my my advice to anybody who ever wants to get into this business is find a place where there's no big promoter and move there. It's a great country out there. You don't have to stay home and do battle with people who have been doing this for 30 years. Um, that's exactly what made me come to Phoenix in the 70s. There was one promoter that lived here. There was a couple of clubs, but it was nothing like it is now. There was one guy that ran the Celebrity Theater. And, um, and within a few years of me starting to do shows, I bumped him out of town because I was a better buyer than him. And I was a better promoter than him. And he really didn't have the stomach for what, what it was anyway. And he turned into a Scientologist and he went off to California and that was that. Um, but it, it really is true. When I didn't want to try to start doing this in Chicago uh, because there's already promoters there, a lot of big ones. And uh, um, how am I going to get in there? I came out here just by chance on a visit when I was in high school and a uh, senior year. And, and I, I love the music being played on the radio. The people were cool. It's a beautiful place, beautiful theater. I want to move here. And that's what I did. And, and one thing led to another. And I started doing shows. Anybody could do this now. Anybody could do this in anywhere USA. Do you know why? Because there's all these brand new bands out there still. They still keep coming. And we don't get to hear them on the radio the way we should. And that's mm -hmm. a crime. And people should press their radio stations to play the music they like. Uh, because those groups will get bigger and more popular as a result of it. And we all want our favorite bands to be popular. So, But the groups, when they're coming out and nobody knows them and they just put out a record, they're going to be 300 bucks, 500 bucks, 750, just like when I started and I did 750 for Nirvana the first time I did them. And wow. Pat Benatar, 750 bucks. Talking Heads, first time I did them, $6 a head. They took 60% of the door. Talking wow. Heads on wow. the first album. Um, Cheap Trick came in, uh, no guarantee, 60% of the door. It was a dollar for three sets. Holy cow. Okay. So these situations exist right now in this country. All you got to do is know who's good and who sucks. <laughs> who, who, who's going to get through? Who's the next Greta Van Fleet? Yeah. Right. You know, um, I got a group here in town that I love called the Black Moods. They're going to be the yeah, next Greta Van up. Fleet. And they love me and I love them. We've never done a show together, but we have this great friendship and, and uh, I'm going to help them in any way I can. Check them That's out. the key right now. I mean, it, it, look, at if you start today and you put on a show next month and next week, you do 10 shows in the next 10 months. By the end of those 10 months, you take your lickings, you, you take your beatings, you promote, you grind, you work. I guarantee you at the end of one year, if you if you buy and do a good enough job, people will be calling on you as an alternative to that jerk that doesn't return his phone calls, a promoter that's in your, in your town, who's not paying attention to everything. Yeah. And that's how you get in. That's great. There's no advice. club. There's no admission charge. The admission charge is dedicating yourself to it and, and having enough money to withstand a beating. If, you need 500 people to break even and only 200 show up. Yeah. You know, you, you got to be able to pay your bills and get up the next day and dust yourself off 
and, and do it again. I'm sure you've had your share of shows that didn't recoup and you've had your, your share of shows that overperformed. But it reminds me of this great quote from Paul Stanley where he said, success isn't from here to there. It's failure, 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 success. Yeah. And I would imagine you'd have to have a pretty strong stomach <laughs> to do what you do sometimes. Um, it took me uh, from the from the time I what I would consider was the first time I worked at a concert um, was in 1972. Wow. I, didn't, I didn't start getting a regular paycheck uh, for anything until I got $80 a week from Dooley's the nightclub. Uh, starting at the end of 1976. So I went over four years without any kind of real money. I got a couple one-off jobs, but um, I didn't, I got 80 bucks a week. Plus I got the advertising commission on any advertising that I placed the 15%. I was the agency for the club. So gotcha. I would end up over the course of the year. I, I think I figured it out that year is 77. I averaged about 250, 275, 300 a week which in those days was fair, it was fair money. Um, it, it wasn't a lot, but I, I could pay my rent. I had groceries and gas, that's all I needed. Uh, it's all anybody still needs, but you know, the rest is all fluff. Um, but you know, but, and, and then it wasn't even like I was making a lot of money either. And in 78, 79, 80, I booked my first arena show, Bob Seeger. That got canceled the night of the show. I had to wait two more months for him to show up and play two shows. And I made a bunch of money. And that was my first really big score. You know, so so for the last 40 years, I learned what the definition of the word score was. Yeah. And it wasn't yeah. Beavis and Butthead. Danny, I mean, I would I would love some time to <laughs> have a drink and listen to all these stories, man. I, I could listen to you talk for hours. Where can people find your book? Where can they find your website? Where can they find you, Danny? Um, the uh, the website is dzplive.com, which is Danny Zalisco Presents uh, is the name of the company that I that I promote my shows under, but dzplive.com has got all the information about the book, about our shows. Um, I'm also doing some auctions of some extra stuff that I've got. Oh, cool. I want to, I want to share this stuff with, uh, with people. And, you know, I, I, I made, well, I guess it's a good thing that I did this. I thought I was going to say it was a mistake. I've been storing, memorabilia since 1995 when I ran out of room in my office so I had three storerooms and then 10 years ago I added two more storerooms wow. so I got five large cubes that are probably 12 by 12 12 by 15 floor to ceiling t-shirts contracts posters uh framed things guitars wow. you name it and and I, wow. I gotta lighten my load because I'm afraid that you know, suddenly uh, something happens. Nobody's going to know what to do with all. Yeah, this nobody, stuff. nobody's going to know what it's really worth, and they're going to sell it at a garage sale for a buck. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think I've drilled that into my wife and family enough. But in the meantime, I'm trying to just kind of get the ball rolling with that. I'd prefer if some philanthropist would come along and and uh, give me a, a like about a ten thousand square foot building that I could make a museum out of and. and put all this stuff up because there's some really really fun stuff and you know anytime anybody sees this stuff they point at it i was there i remember and you know 
everybody loves that. I used to have it yeah. all up in the Dodge Theater and Alice Cooperstown's the restaurant, but those situations changed. So I have everything back that I've been collecting and framing for them all these years. And uh, I'm looking forward to the next move with that. I still got the, the collection is basically 100% intact. So if, uh, you know, you ever come across anybody that's interested in doing something All right. like that. Oh, sure. Fantastic. You know, I, I would I, love to do it. I hope I mean, to it, see it. It would be like, I, I just need a stadium to put it up in. You know? <laughs> awesome. Your stadium tour. There you exactly. go. Exactly. There you go. Oh, I was going to mention too, if, if, if somebody wanted a, a Kindle, um, Amazon has Kindles. Excellent. Uh, Kindle versions of the book. Awesome. Uh, but I... I really like the book version of the book. You know, it's just, it's heavy. It weighs almost three pounds. Um, you know, I'll send it to you in a white castle box and, and I'll even sign it if you want. <laughs> you which, which real quick, you were inducted into the white castle hall of fame, weren't you? <laughs> Me and Tommy Shaw and John Prine went in in October in the Nashville uh, white castle. It was, it was a great day. They closed it. They closed the restaurant. And it was like a TV studio and they did a cool interview and, and we talked about White Castle and music uh, and everything. It was, it was what, really what, great. What, what does White Castle, what are you being honored for? Like eating the most White Castle sandwiches? I mean, well, sliders, baby. <laughs> it's sliders, they, yeah. So <laughs> the, the, the tie-in is White Castle is the late night staple for almost every touring band that's ever been in the U.S., uh, everybody knows what it is. They they re, they hate them, but mostly they love them. I mean, you go into a room. Tell you a quick one. There was a a, a meeting, one of those IAAM things that they have in Nashville every year. And I went there with Alice Cooper. He's getting some lifetime achievement award. And a friend of his had a private plane, a G five. So we flew to Nashville, me and him and Shep, and we went to Nashville for this thing. And we're at this old old hotel and in uh, downtown Nashville about 15, 20 years ago before it blew into this new modern city. And uh, the food came out. It was that food that they serve at banquets that's just awful, yeah. the rubber steak, you know, and the chunky mm -hmm. potatoes and the cold green beans. And me and Alice are sitting there. I said, let's get some real food. So I went out and I got a Bellman. I gave him $300. I said, these $200 are for you to buy as many White Castles as you can and as fast as you can, the other hundreds for you. He said, I got you, man. And he ran out 20 minutes later. I had, I think it was 30 boxes of those cases of the White Castles. And I wow. delivered them to every table myself. Alice helped out. And, and then we told the, the people to clear away the fake steaks. And we all have White Castles. It's one of those things. It just hits a chord. Um, you know, if it was Burger King or McDonald's, I wouldn't ask somebody to do that because they stand for that corporate commercial thing. But White Castle is such an everyday regular yep. guy. Yep. Staple at two in the morning, you're loaded. You need something to suck up that alcohol, you know, <laughs> or, you're, or you're going on the road and you got 10 guys with you and you don't have time. Everybody does it. So, uh, they so they have a Cravers Hall of Fame, which mainly they put in people who are just regular, big time customers that come in all the time. But then they started adding a couple of other people like us, and Alice Cooper's in there as well. He has That's his own corner. He has his own corner in the Scottsdale location where they have a 
uh, something, uh, no more Mr. Nice Fry. <laughs> <laughs> and he oh. loves it. He went over there. He spent an hour there signing autographs one day. It was very cool. Oh, and, that's great, man. Dan, yeah. Dan, Danny, this was, this was awesome. Thank you so much for taking some time out of your day. To Such an honor, chat man. Chat with us, man. Hey, you know, I really appreciate it. Uh, I, I love you guys out there doing this. Uh, thank you for, for having me. Um, it's fun. You know, I mean, this this thing we get to talk about, uh, music and the people that make it. Uh, I can't think of anything else I'd rather be doing. So thanks for being there. Me too. Thank thanks you. so much, Danny. Thank we really it. appreciate it, man. Take Best care, of luck man. to you. Cheers. Anytime you guys want, you know, uh, I'm, I'm always, I'm always happy to talk smack with you guys. You're great. Thank you. All right. Please, please do. All right. Take All right. care. Take care. Danny. All right, guys. Thank you. You bet. See Bye. you, buddy. Bye. Discmakers.com. Use code FREEBIZ for ground shipping on CD orders of 100 units or more, $150 value. Um, you know, I had, I had Danny on three sides of the coin a number of weeks ago, and I just knew he was going to be a perfect fit for the music biz weekly as well. I mean, stories, I mean, he's a legendary concert promoter. Yeah. He's, 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 he's lived it. He's seen it. He's, he's done it. And for now he's written, about it. he's written about it. Yeah. And you know what? It's also, you know, we got into the COVID discussion right away. It was actually quite refreshing to hear his take yeah. on where it is. And, and I don't know if it's because it's different than a lot of takes I've been hearing from other people, but you know, he's very confident that it's coming back. It's coming yeah. back fast and it ain't going to be any different than it was before. The most positive I've heard. Anyone yes. In extremely that. positive outlook on this. And that's, it's encouraging. That's, that's encouraging. That's refreshing. It, it yes. makes you feel like, okay, we can, we can get through this. Yeah. Yeah. Really yeah. great chat. Dig so um, please definitely check out Danny's book, head over to his website. You can go check it out on Amazon on Kindle as well. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's just filled with so many stories and we didn't even touch on it, but you, you're, you're right at the beginning. He's also a big sports nut. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love to see his collection sometime. I'd love to uh, have them make a museum out of this that we could visit. <laughs> yep. Yep. All right. So uh, before we wrap up, just a quick shout out to Hypebot and Bands in Town for everything you do and Thanks, as well to uh, discmakers.com. <clears throat> if you're watching us on YouTube, hit that subscribe button. Follow us on Spotify. Subscribe on you on on iTunes. Boy, there's so many of them. I can't. I know. Jeez. And of course, you can now find us on Twitch as well. Yep. So that's it. Music Biz Weekly Podcast. See everybody next week.